This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. When you play the game of Bacon Sale, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. Oh, so foreboding, Bacon Sale. That's going to be on our next uh, listener show. The listener show? You win or you die. When you're a guest on Bacon Cell, you win or you die. There's no middle ground. So there's two people that are going to die? You guys actually have to just play each other. <laughs> you Wait, you want us to... Yeah. <laughs> sure. Joel wins. <laughs> uh, welcome to Bacon Cell. I am Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. And we'd like to thank you for listening to our pet tearing show that you all now, love. Some people said that wasn't going to work. One person in this room in particular. Jacob. But that show... Am I wrong? ...was a tier one show. I don't know. I don't that know. was so funny. It was a lot of feedback. We got a lot of well, feedback online. A lot of criticism. I'll I got say some that. private messages as well. Really? Uh, one thing I want, I want, I do want to clarify is that uh, Eric James Reese uh, commented on our post, and he discussed medium-sized dogs, and including a picture of his adorable miniature Australian shepherd, Coda. And he said, he's well-trained, super athletic, and bar none, the smartest dog I've ever owned. To which I had to reply, oh, we need to clarify something. This is a clarification I want to give now. Okay. okay. When we said small dogs versus large dogs, we're not talking like the Ron Swanson code about 50 pounds. You know, it's just a kind of a joke thing. Yeah. Medium sized dogs are included in the large dog. Yeah, we didn't category. mean like greyhounds. That was my assumption. Although yes. We never said that. We, we? Ne- we never said that. Yeah. And so in fa- I, I mentioned to him, hey, medium sized dogs are actually large dog tiering. So they're tier one. Yeah. I think what we found out is that dog owners are the worst. So I would I would tier <laughs> dog owners small dog tier owners. three. Small dog owners. Small dog owners are tier three. Um, but <laughs> Love <also> you guys. <laughs> there was actually, I, I did put a chart in there. There was like a size chart of like small breeds to large breeds. And I drew a line, like a red line. And I'm like, basically anything above here is good. And anything below here is bad. Hashtag Joel Science. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Joel Science. So there's my clarification. But thank you for listening to it that show. It was such a fun show. Yes. So thanks for listening. And uh, thank you also to all our patrons out there. Gentlemen, I have two more songs. Two final songs. No. No, Joel, no. March, Can we mar- just do one this week and one next week? No. Yes. I've got to get these down the way this going. Done. So we have two songs because if you signed I up. No, I just uh, want one a week. If you, if you signed up as a patron or if you upgraded uh, tiers in, a, in the patron, in the Patreon, uh, you were qualified to get a parody song for some reason. And, don't, and don't worry, listener. There'll be, be the other opportunities again. for yes. you to have Next these month, things. actually. I've been, I've been forced to do these <laughs> against my will. And so I have a couple today. I'm so excited. Uh, this I can't first wait to one, see what genre you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> this first one actually is out to Terry Findlay. Yay. So Terry. Terry, Terry, a longtime fan of the show. Uh, she went. Uh, she's now a member, or I am a listener tier yep. now. So, Terry Finley, this song is for you. Once we spoke about the show Supernatural, (laughs) Terry watched all seasons, matter of factual. She was on our hundredth episode. Where she did okay (laughs) Through the years she's been our constant companion With their comments and insights that are right on It is Bacon Cell approved, yeah You will hear us say Terry Finlay number one Her and Mike, they're so much fun All the Finlays, they're the best 
thanks for your support. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll really appreciate and that. And it's Joel. thematic because of the supernatural. It song. is. I know that's, that that's is. one of the reasons I chose. to Actually, do I have it. to tell you, Joel, at the bacon sale, the bacon burger, bacon sale burger event, uh-huh. uh, she pulled me aside because we wanted to talk about the last season uh, finale. Of yeah, of, of supernatural. <laughs> She's like, I got to go away from my family. They haven't seen it yet, but Nerds. let's talk. Well, and that's another one of those songs too, where they go really high in that chorus. They're like, they do. And I couldn't do that. Yeah. So I had to hit the lower register. Hope that's okay, Terry. Hope you enjoyed your song. It was beautiful, Joel. It was beautiful. Let's hear it again. It was so good. <laughs> you can listen to it. It's actually going to be downloadable at patreon.com. Oh, nice. Uh, and then finally, for the final song for the month of March, rewards, we'll call it. Yep. Sure, let's call it that. Uh, this is the only reward we have to do now, Kent. Yeah. We don't even have to no. worry about these other things. Loves Kent loves this one. I'm just happy I finished all my songs before Kent finished all his drawings from <laughs> from October. October. <laughs> but this final song goes out to a new yeah. a, a pa- <laughs> someone who became a patron for the first time. It's Sam Ma. Oh, what? Sam Ma, the original listeners, the original listener emeritus. This song is for you, Sam. <laughs> ma 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 ma. <laughs> <laughs> ma 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 ma. I don't okay. like this. I don't know. Sam ma ma ma. <laughs> Sam ma ma ma. <laughs> we need more listeners like Sam ma. Can't you see? He won our bracket when he picked the film. Rudy, go Irish. Listener emeritus, our tournament he won. And when it comes to Potterheads, he's worth some galleons. Oh, 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 oh. We thank you, Sam, and your cute fam. Oh, 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 oh. He loves his wife and his private life. <laughs> and online, and online, Sam tends to hide his face. Loves the Atlanta Braves, yeah. And online, and online, Sam tends to hide his face. Still, we just want to thank ya. <laughs> what a note to what end a, on. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. A little gaga for your uh, you ever, for your mama. For your mama. <laughs> mama. <laughs> I had to. It was as just, soon as it was just more disturbing than uh, thank you, Nicole. Actually, <laughs> thank you, Nicole. <laughs> Which Nicole actually did comment on the song, and she said, "If you think it was painful to try to sing that song for me, wait till I come on the show." Oh, I what? Know. I was like, uh, I don't know what that means. I don't what know. Does that mean? It was scary. Well, thank you for doing that, Joel, and thank you everyone for becoming a patron and contributing to the success of the show we've come a long way and we had a big event and we hope to have more and we love you all and we're going to pay you back any which way we can yes but for now but for now what are we talking about today jacob today joel it's time to talk about some show that you guys i don't know some people have seen it's called game of thrones i guess <laughs> It's finally over. Yay. Wait, yay? I don't know if I want to yay that. We're talking Game of Thrones today on Bacon Cell. Is this going to be our most least family friendly episode ever? I hope. I'm so excited. I want to do this in season one of Bacon Cell. We're going to have to like video Season one of Bacon Cell or season one of Game of Thrones? Season one of Bacon Cell because season one of Game of Thrones started many years previous to this show. Mm-hmm. Yes, but 
it's so exciting, but now it's a very relevant time. Uh, well, kind of. Be, it's been about a week since the. It's finale. been a week, so yeah. I guess as TV shows go, they'll be forgotten about like two days after they're mm-hmm. over. This one will live for a while, I think. Yeah, especially so with I, like all this I, stuff going on. I do. I, I want to point out, like this episode is intended for those of you who may not have watched Game of Thrones. Yes. Because much like our Doctor Who show, much like our Mystery Science Theater show, much like our Supernatural, Supernatural. show, this is going to be the fan, uh, super fan, fan novice format. What I am is I'm a missionary for the church of Game of Thrones wow. for the Church of Fire and Ice. Uh, Ice and Fire? It doesn't matter. But this fire. is Lord of Light. This is the television series based off the books by George R.R. R. Martin and they are not yet finished in book form but and the show is done so at this point. So when, when did the show start? The show started 2011. Which so is when he finished the last time he wrote a book. So he, he released his book, book maybe two months after the first season started. Each of these episodes are 10 episodes, or each of these seasons are 10 episodes long. Mm-hmm. The books are about five to 600 pages each. It takes him generally about six years to write a book, but he has clearly not written a book for eight years at this point but and counting. The books were popular previous to the show ever. Yeah, this was, out. this is something that's been around since the 90s, the books were. But it just feels like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like that they were popular among nerds. Yeah, well, fantasy nerds. Fantasy nerds. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. But I mean, like, it wasn't like mainstream pop culture where everyone was talking about it. No, because even then, like, you know, sort of Shannara series back when we were in school. What? You don't know this, the Shannara series? Chronicles. Really? I saw, I saw the MTV show. No. Have you heard of The Hobbit? Yes. Okay, we'll go there. <laughs> <laughs> so the each of the each of those books were probably more popular than this series. This is always meant for older readers, not quite as old as we're go- or mature as we're going to be talking about in this episode, but people that took the medieval element very seriously. Now, I, I do also want to clarify that in this episode, while we're talking about Game of Thrones, we are going to keep it family friendly. Yes. So don't and us- and mostly spoiler free. Like yes. I'm going to do my best to just introduce everyone to this show. We're going to keep it's season one facts. Uh, and I mean, we'll talk about families, maybe some history of the world, but nothing that's like in season five, this guy dies. It's, oh, see, I said too much. So now we know a guy dies in season uh, five. One guy dies in season five. Just one. But I'm talking to the audience here. I'm talking to you right now, Jacob. Me? Yes, because. As a novice. Because Ken and I have both seen all the episodes. Uh, yeah, Kent, is, I, I think people might be surprised to find out that I've watched the entire series. Yeah. But uh, so you've seen it. You've read the books. You're a super fan. I'm a super fan. I'm stepping in as the fan role because I've seen all the episodes once. I don't think I've watched any of them more than once. I've seen them all probably two times. And it's sporadically because, I mean, spoiler alert, I've been on a few dates where we watch Game of Thrones. And so I've Ladies. seen a few <laughs> episodes. You want to come over to my house and watch Game of Thrones? To watch this show that we're both going to like cringe about and feel really weird about too. I just too. can't imagine being how on a date. That, how does that set the mood at all? You'd is be it, surprised. Is it, no. it's like, <laughs> can I say that? No. Too, real, no. too real. No, no. It, it's honestly not the content that's exciting. It's the mythology behind the show and the fact that when you start and you get a few episodes in, it becomes a binge-worthy exercise for almost everyone. And I say almost because I know there are some people out there, and you, Jake, that just couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. I do want to give a, a short summary of the show before we get into, mm-hmm. into maybe why people haven't watched this Please show. Do. Really quick, IMDb, nine noble families fight for control over the mythical lands of Westeros while an ancient enemy returns after being dormant for thousands of years. That is summarizing... Eight seasons by being very general, yes. because there's lots of families, there's lots of politics, and there's a threat that seems m- mythical 
until the end of the show. Well, and, it, and I just want to bring that up, the fact that when it says Game of Thrones, that the game is essentially who's going to be sitting on the throne at the end of the show. Yes. Because there's the, because the it, ruler it's of Westeros. Because musical chairs, but everyone wants the throne. Can I, can I say this? I've got to say it. Then Go I'm for gonna, it. Then i to ask if I can say it. But can I say this, that near the beginning, the ruler on the throne departs the throne is no longer on the throne and then everyone starts fighting for who gets to sit there now yes basically that's kind of the gist of it and then that never ends basically well yeah. for the whole the whole well, series because there's a lot that happens where people keep claiming a right to the throne and other people don't acknowledge that claim yeah so it's it's political in that sense that's the politics of who's the you, rightful heir you kind of lose me when you said nine families nine families, nine families is not whole. is not super accurate you because really okay you only care about four there's four things so I'll, I'll explain them yeah. uh, right after we talk about maybe jake why you haven't really liked watching the show and maybe why people haven't watched it content wise like so i'll, I'll address yeah, that yeah. yes yeah so jacob you've watched one episode one season one season of game of thrones you watched a full season yeah and, and you, you still didn't don't get like it? In. Uh-uh. Can wow. you explain why? For me, it's like watching a Hallmark movie. It's on the other end of the spectrum. The predictability becomes the the opposite, right? So like... You, Subversion. It, yeah, exactly. Of expectations. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You'd you so, be, you be correct. Yeah, and so you, you know that the worst thing you can imagine is always going to be the thing that happens, you know? With, with now, what ha- he, Hallmark movies, you know, you know exactly what's happening. With this, you always know what's happening. And for me, that feels frustrating in the same sort of way is it's like i can't get attached to anybody because i don't i don't feel like anybody's real it doesn't ride like that line in the middle where i feel like there's real characters it feels like it's just a little too hyperbolic okay which is funny because i i am it's almost that that i feel the opposite because i felt like any character could die at any minute and that made it more real to me because some characters that you know and love are killed off no, but that, mid-season. But that's the trouble with it. Is it's like it's not that they're characters that could die at any time. It's that they're definitely going to die, right? <laughs> and it's like they die more than they well, should. Every great author knows to kill your darlings. No one knows this more than George R. R. Martin. And, and clearly, it's a strong tactic, right? It, it's very strong. But yeah. he also, well, or I should say, this show because the, the books are their own thing at this point, and well, the show became its own thing at this point. Mm-hmm. But the show will kill people unexpectedly and then definitely keep people around too long and then it becomes guesswork which for some people is frustrating because then you want more death because you've expected it in the first couple seasons well and we'll just jump into this now so like we said there were five books yes it's called a song of fire and ice but the only the first book is called called game Game of of Thrones. thrones but so they had those five books and george r r martin actually wrote an episode for each of the four seasons and then he decided he needed to write do his own writing. And then actually starting in the sixth season, they started the book they didn't have any more books. So they had to depart from the books. And I feel like and what um, season how many seasons did it have? Eight seasons. Seventy three so, episodes. So the last three are just them. Six, two. seven, and last, last well, two. Yeah, it was like mid, oh, I thought you said including of, six. About midway through two, six is when they kinda go, Okay, we're out of book and now what? And I do feel like after that, they played it much safer, meaning they didn't kill off as many people. They went a little Walking Dead, where they're like, mm-hmm. this guy's a big actor now, they, or she's a huge actress. So they have what they call plot armor around them. Yeah, yeah. so we got to keep them alive till big, crucial how, moments. How could they do that, though, to not follow the same pattern? Like, that seems weird. That's they, they when people started to really lose yeah. patience on this show. But and I don't want to talk about too much about the end, because there's currently a lot of internet negativity about the show, because... It did go the the way, yeah. So, Jacob, uh, continue. Is that that the only reason you decided to not watch? 
No, obviously it's super violence and yep. the content is nuts. And I watched it on, I think at the time it was, it was an edited version. It wasn't VidAngel, it was the Clear other play? one. Clearplay, yeah. And so I watched the first season on that and sometimes Clearplay did not work correctly. <laughs> Joel knows that very well. <laughs> um, which is frustrating as yeah. well. And you could get a sense for how much content that was very it's, mature. It's, and by mature, it, I mean salacious. So the, you know, it's, it's obnoxious the, the joke, and gratuitous at the beginning. SNL actually had a good joke in the past couple of years. They yeah. did a Game of Thrones parody, and they basically said the consultant on this show was a 14-year-old boy. Played by Andy Samberg. Yes, and he was going That's around funny, saying, yeah. this needs more nudity or yeah. this and this, and it's very funny and accurate. But yeah. And I said this a thousand times to people that are worried about content. I say, first couple seasons, yeah, it's going to be really inappropriate for this kind of stuff. But if you're patient, the show grows up. Well, the, the thing that annoyed me, too, is that it felt like the showrunners, D.B. Weiss and David Benioff, that they were defending it so much at the beginning, like, no, this is important. This is realistic. We're not, we're not using kid gloves on the that show. Stuff, yeah. No, it's it's really important. And it it's seemed the like ugliness of it. After all. like the first two seasons, they were like, they kept getting it so much. People being like, you're exploiting people. Well, you're, truthfully, the cast yeah. beca- it became more well known. Yeah. And they stayed, decided not to do nudity anymore. And yeah. so the, the, I remember the cast hearing members, that with yes. the Dragon Lady, with Amelia Clark, yeah, with yeah. Daenerys. So, but that's the thing is, it seemed like after a while, they kind of, fun- they didn't admit that they were wrong, but they definitely tapered off. Like, well, I'd say the last season was primarily PG-13. It is exploitative, you know. Also, also but it's, it's but terrible. It, it yeah. grew up because HBO and these guys decided, people like it for the plot and the characters. What is going on here? Mm. Let's show less of the naughty stuff mm-hmm. and let's focus on the, no, the they, characters. They literally have scenes, and I'll say this as the family-friendly one yeah, of the group. good. I'm glad you're doing they this. They have scenes in the first season. I didn't see it all because I, I watched it on Clearplay DVD at first where I was doing DVDs, which... Yeah. Uh, that was here's a tip. Do it one episode at a time because it was when I said play all and one episode would play after the other. That's oh, when the filter the would get was a little bit off. Yes. Okay. The, those first couple seasons, there were entire sections that, I shouldn't say entire sections, but like a couple minute scenes that were pulled out because they took place in a brothel. And even yep. though the characters who were talking had clothes on and were just talking normally, well, apparently there was like stuff going on in the plot background. elements as well yeah. in the discussion. So for the first couple of seasons, actually, after I got done watching, I would go to IMDb and look up the synopsis just to see if there were any plot points I missed. And it would say like, in Baelish's brothel. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't see yeah, that part. Yeah. And it was, and, or he could j- ask me because we were yeah, in discussion yeah, this yeah. whole time. And it, it, it is a little choppy, especially at the beginning. But people, people always make the joke like, when it, yeah. when it has that level of like, it just feels like it's trying too hard. Like, I have think you that, seen an yeah. HBO show? But <laughs> yes, that's true. They are like HBO. Yeah. HBO all to HBO. Do that. I mean, all like, HBO. Mm, Sopranos. Joel, what's the one we've been watching? Barry. Barry. Barry doesn't feel that way. Oh, Barry. Maybe no, no, there's it is. tons of language. There in Barry. is tons of language. Yeah. It's HBO. Like, it's they a lot can of get away with it. On. And so they will. So I want to say this because there's always the, the stigma out there of like, well, you watch Game of Thrones edit. Is it like five minutes long? Yeah. Because these episodes are about an hour long each. Yeah, about an hour long each. And I looked, actually on VidAngel, you can see kind of how much is going to be edited out. It says actual runtime, your runtime. It's never more than a couple minutes shorter. Like meaning you're going to lose two to three minutes tops. Okay. Because really, I, just little I remember somebody out there. saying at our event, I, I I wasn't part of the conversation, I don't think, but that saying, was Scott Sprague actually. Oh, was that with Scott? Yeah, he said there was one episode where it was like thirty minutes long. Yeah. And I don't I don't know what his Yikes. filters were set at, but I'm like I was just taking out certain things, and I was okay with other things. But it, it may have been violence. I think people are more okay with violence here, obviously in the states. There's nothing worse than what you see in Walking Dead, except for maybe some throats being slashed well, and blood, those, blood squirting. Hey, did those you are mostly zombies? Did you guys yes. hear about the Game of Thrones version they cut for China? 
Yeah. Yeah. And no. so they can't they can't show dead bodies and there couldn't be sex and there couldn't be some sort of some types SCX, of violence. Nudity. And yeah. Yeah. And so uh, apparently it was like the most boring show ever. <laughs> it's basically and people sitting around talking out, about thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like where'd that character go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But it wouldn't I, make any sense. But I just I wanted to make the case so like if, well, if con- where could people watch it if they yeah, want to so if, if they were about content if content if you, if you don't like to see these types of things like I don't like I watched it on Clearplay DVD uh, for a while I also watched it on VidAngel streaming for a while and you can actually set your level so like I'm you know I don't want to see nudity I don't want to hear these words I don't want to see these things and it will automatically cut it out but like some things I was okay with like it says you know a person gets stabbed through with a sword and I'm like man that's fine yeah some, that's exactly <laughs> what my that's exactly what my wife would walk in the room when they're like smashing someone's head and I'm like it's, it's always when sorry, a spouse honey. walks in the room but uh, I yeah. swear the whole show's not like this yeah, just like that you said it's fine when people get stabbed through so yeah. that's fine <laughs> yeah. that's, that's okay fine. that's fine I mean we're Americans Americans are more, well, more okay with violence there was than actually a scene in this final season uh, where these two characters nothing was shown it was not it was it didn't lead to anything that, that even VidAngel had to cut but these two characters were kissing very passionately by a fireplace and like it just looked kind of salacious and right yeah. then one of my kids comes out of the room ah. and I paused it Right when like they're like looking shoulders, at each other, the yeah, shoulders. shoulders. Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I would say another p- reason people don't watch this is because they they're using their can't brain because everyone is talking about this show on social yeah. media. Yeah, and that, so they want to be admit, the hipster. That, that is kind of it's a draw. Right? That's kind of worked on me as well. As it's like, eh, you want to be the guy that doesn't of, watch Titanic for twenty years. Well, it's like I just I don't. I'm tired of talking about it and hearing about it. So I don't want to like. It, I don't know. I understand that because that's how I am. But why miss out on Zeitgeist if it's this big a deal? God, wow. Did Kent just say that? Cultural Zeitgeist. Did oh. Kent just say why miss out on it when it's such a big deal when yeah. that's exactly what he likes to do? Mr. I don't want to see Titanic until I'm forced to. Yeah, but I, I remember. Well, I'm not going to know. I, I read the Twilight books because I wanted to understand the pop culture phenomenon. That is true. I watch all the Marvel movies because I want to know because I don't care to see them. I want to know why people like are going so crazy. I heard you give some a two. Yeah, one. four of them. <laughs> <laughs> and there are many reasons, and it's almost just as annoying to hear people say, I've never watched Game of Thrones, as it is to hear people say, did you watch last night's episode of Game of Thrones? But, you know, if you haven't decided to watch it, maybe this show will change your mind. But well, if, one of the reasons I think people maybe don't watch hmm. is because they don't have HBO. Oh, uh, yeah, because you have to pay. It's you expensive. have to pay. Was it 20 bucks a month? 15. 15. It was 15 hmm. on HBO Go, and I got it for one month. on Am- I got Amazon HBO for one month just so I could finish the last season and then cut it as soon as it was done. Can you buy the DVD pack? Because, granted, when this, this season comes out on Blu-ray or DVD, you can buy a really cheap, probably a bundle for 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Can you rent those DVDs or buy those DVDs and watch them on VidAngel or no? Is it only VidAngel streaming? Is, VidAngel is streaming through Netflix and Amazon. But ClearPlay would allow you ClearPlay to. ClearPlay has a DVD player which you have to purchase. Oh. But they also have a streaming service. I don't know if Game of Thrones is on their streaming service. I have to check. Okay. But there are ways to find it that way. My hope is by the end of the show that a few people who haven't, who've decided to purposely not watch this will give it a shot because this is one of the most bingeable TV shows of all time and probably the best crafted and i'm not going to say everyone's favorite but the best crafted television series ever produced the production value is really high ever i'm talking score cinematography acting story Mm -hmm. this this series so much this series received uh 47 primetime emmy awards during its run wow the most by any drama series and it won it actually won outstanding drama series in 2015 2016 and 2018 
which is bizarre. 17 sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then also the cast, they've won a number. Uh, I think Peter Dinklage has actually won three. He, he plays Tyrion Lannister. Yes. You, may, you may recognize Peter Dinklage. He was an elf. Uh, what else has he been in? Like Tyrion Lannister is like all I can uh, think of. Ragnarok, right Thor Ragnarok. He's Tip, in Thor Ragnarok. Tiptoes. Yeah. <laughs> He's in Tiptoes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Tiptoes uh, reference. He won three Primetime Emmy Awards. And then a, a bunch of the other actors like uh, Lena Headey, Amelia Clark, Kit Harrington, Maisie Williams, they all were nominated, but none of them won. But And these are all actors that were generally not really in things before like Lena Headey was because she was Sarah Connor in the Fox Terminator Sean series. Sean Bean was because oh, yeah. he was uh, in Sh- Lord Sean of the Rings. Bean well, and yeah, Mark Eddy were the yeah. two biggest actors in the show. Who's, yeah. the, who's the other Mark one? Mark Eddy, he was in the full Monty and he's a British actor Yeah, in a lot of British in, productions. He was in the, the TV sitcom Still Standing. Yeah, which, still which, standing which one's as well. he in the show? He's uh, King Baratheon which I will get into. In fact, I'd like to introduce the oh, families okay. of Game of Thrones. The yes. important families. When you see the logo of Game of Thrones there's going to be four animals represented on the the signa. Yes. They have a lion, a dragon, a a stag, and a wolf. Let's start with the wolves. These are... I remember that. That's the Starks. The Starks. Yeah. Exactly. Not Tony Stark. But no, Tony Stark. Yeah, Tony tell, Stark. Tell people Tony Stark's in this. They may watch it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a Tony good idea. Stark Let's is here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Stark family. So they are the wolf, the dire wolf in this show. And they are the house in the north. They are basically the wardens of the north. There's one kingdom in this big country that looks like the UK, essentially. Yeah, it's like an inverted UK. Is and they're the capitals in the south. But these are the wardens of the north. These ones are the ones that are supposed to stop any incoming wildlings, which are dangerous people that are just trying to... You're getting left in the weeds here, pal. Okay, Vikings. They're trying to stop Vikings, essentially. So they are the nice people. I'm going to relate them by comparing them to people in your neighborhood. This is your family. Everyone's family is the Starks. They're a pretty good family. There's a lot of kids. They mean well. They're always going to be middle class. You actually start off the series with the Starks, and so they kind of become They are essentially the protagonists. At the beginning. But this is a case of why do bad things happen to good people? Because these are good people that mean well, but sometimes... Because this is Sean Bean. They're a little short-sighted. Sean Bean and his family, yeah. Then we have the Lannisters. These are the blonde ones. This is the rich family in your neighborhood. The ones they, that brought KFC to Lagoon. Yes, they are. <laughs> they have spoiled kids. One of their kids is straight up malicious, if yeah. not the worst villain of all time. He's a beast. He's like problem child, but the they, blonde version. Oh, and by the way, winter is coming is for the Starks. That is their house motto. Every you, house has a motto. You, and the thing is, you hear that, like that winter is coming to become one of the catchphrases that approach, that everyone in Game of Thrones talks about. And all it really is saying is there's something coming from the north. It means, I thought winter's coming because they had different cycles or something. Like winter only came every like seven years. No, it's every like it, it's very unpredictable. It has a couple of meanings. And it, it's a yeah. warning more than anything. Yeah, it's basically bad stuff is going to happen. The Lannisters, on the other hand, so back to the lions. Their actual their motto is "Hear me roar," but they their unofficial one is "A Lannister always pays his debts." Yes. Because and that is a threat, not a warning. They're going to make sure they get revenge and they're going to get their way. They are social climbers. They're spoiled rotten. To the max. Then there are, now hear me out, the Targaryens. The Targaryens, they're, they're the dragons. Okay, Jake, are you still following me here? What? Stars, <laughs> Lannisters, I was reading on Targaryens. Twitter. What did you say? <laughs> yeah, Related back to Jacob. Hmm. Targaryens, this was this was like the people that used to like run the city. This is the former mayor and his family that have run the city so long that people hated them and forced them out. Because they got a little, they got a little power in. hungry. They got way too power hungry. And so you only know them by reputation. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy used to run this place. So but we, the don't, we don't know the Targaryens. They're kind of out of, they're not in the country. 
at the beginning. Yes, but they are a very prominent family. You just don't know them. And then lastly, there is the the deer or the stag. This is mm-hmm. Baratheon, and this is the king. King Baratheon is the one that rules the throne when the show starts. Yeah, okay. that's Mark Attic. And he means well, but he's basically... Does he have family around? He does. He he He's the town drunk, essentially. He and is he's the king. He, yeah, he's kind of a... He's kind of a... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Lost his fire. Yeah, shall we like say. he like, was a good warrior, but now his reputation's kind destroyed. Of out. He's a lazy king, and so those are the four families. Once again, the Starks. That was so much fun. Can we do the next six? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but it's gonna be a long show for you, Jake. <laughs> but that's the thing is, like, you kind of start picking your team. It really does feel, and this maybe this will relate to people. Maybe it will distance people, but it feels like Harry Potter to me, where you have these four houses all competing for the house cup. That's kind of how I felt about it. Because all of them would kind of start gaining ground towards this goal, and then they'd lose it, and then they'd gain it, and it was just fun to see kind of who's going to end up there at the end. So I'm going to pull it back without getting too much into the weeds. Okay. In in the year one AC, wow. which is 300 years before. No, sorry. Oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 this is no, bad. No, <laughs> this is bad. Uh-uh. This is so bad. I'm going to deep, deep dark nope, territory. Too far. We don't. There is so a the throne. children of the forest. <laughs> a throne was created made out of swords, and this throne is not very comfortable to sit on. In fact, if you are the ruler of the kingdom of Westeros, it, you're not meant to be there for a long time, and that's why the throne is there. It's literally made out of burned swords. Yeah, they took a thousand swords and forged it into a throne. It's, so only, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Looking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's a seen, famous image. Yeah. If you've seen Parks and Recreation, there's a great scene in there when uh, Leslie Nope gives the chair. Like she makes a replica of the chair to give to Ben Wyatt. Yes. And he has this amazing, like, geek freak out when he sees it. You have to watch the clip. It's amazing. It's hilarious. Even if you haven't seen the show. So already we've talked about the medieval elements. And I think that's enough for some people. Like like you talked about The Last Kingdom last year, Jake. Uh-huh. And it's straight uh-huh. up uh, taken out of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, little, fi- obviously a lot of fictional stuff thrown in there. No, but it's all real. As far as like <laughs> timeline, there is actually some stuff that fits. Yeah, This is more of a medieval book. But wait a minute. Now there's fantasy. So that's one of the reasons I think Game of Thrones succeeded. Because there's sneaky fantasy. Yes. Because you start watching it and it feels like a kind of this straightforward medieval drama like there's not going to be fantasy and then yeah well, well that's the thing is like you at first you're just like oh it's you know just kind of this political fantasy drama i'm into the characters and all of a sudden a little something would happen a little magical thing where it's like oh that was different all of a sudden there's like well, a reference to dragons and you're like what it? and by the end you're like oh yeah there's these dragons, dragons and, and there's, there's no zombies, zombies. And blah, 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 blah. And like yeah well that's the thing so there's like political climbing the whole time there's revenge arcs it's typical hero story stuff and then all of a sudden there's like giants, there's forest people, there's a memory keeper for the world. And it becomes something bigger that if you explain the show to someone that's never seen it, it or doesn't like so fantasy, crazy. you're like, it's way dragons big. and snow zombies and blah. You really, you like, I, I tried to explain it to someone the other day who'd never seen the show and I got so in the weeds so quickly and I'm like, this is bad. This sounds bad. One description I thought was very apt about this was uh, one of the showrunners, David ben- Benioff. He said, this is the Sopranos in Middle Earth. Yes. Which I kind of went, Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that and this they've actually a lot of people tried to adapt this into a feature film and George R. R. Martin was like, No, you can't do this in a movie. This needs to be like something bigger. Yeah. So then when well, they approached him with the with the idea for a TV series, he was intrigued and actually interviewed them yes. and asked him specific questions about the story, including ones that they may not even know yet, to have them hypothesize to see if they were worthy to do the show. Well, so Jeez. he actually has this quote and he says Write a book, man. <laughs> I'm going to have all the characters I want and gigantic castles and dragons and direwolves and hundreds of years of history and a really complex plot. And it's fine because it's a book. It's essentially unfilmable. 
And we all know what Hollywood does. Like Joel said, they came to him and said, Mm -hmm. please let us make this movie. And it's one hero and it's two hours. And he knew that this couldn't work in just a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And this is We've where, seen that fail so many times. Well, and you see, you see these beautiful locations and, and places and all these different people. Like, they, they filmed in, in, in Ireland, in Canada, in Croatia, in Iceland, Morocco, Spain. Like, they're all over the place. And they had... Oh, I want to find the stat here if I can find it real quick. Is they have a ton of characters in the show. In fact, here Which it is. Which is a detriment sometimes. Oh, it is. If you're watching the first season. And I don't... Yeah, first so episode. Many. Oh, yeah. You get so lost pretty quick. You're like, who are these people? But they, they, they whittle them down pretty quick. But, and I don't want this to turn you off to the show, Jacob. But I just want you to show how, how involved this show is at times. In the third season, the ensemble cast, there were 257 cast names recorded. What? This is basically Infinity War for TV. <laughs> like, these aren't even like extras. These are these are people with names, characters names. with names. And but this is why not this all of them get. All I find this time. show to be so great. Is you get through the first season or maybe the first two, and you say, okay, I think I understand everyone, or at least I have a nickname for that guy whose name I can't quite pronounce. Yeah, nine families named Targaryen sounds pretty easy now. But then <laughs> there's only one Targaryen. But then they introduce new characters in new seasons and you go oh I have to start again but you care so much for their subplots or yeah. sometimes their main plots that you that's the the beauty of the writing of this show so doesn't the show just sort of like I mean tell me if tell me if I'm wrong but doesn't it sort of just circle around they bring new characters you meet them they kill them new characters you meet them you know necessarily because and then a couple of you people may meet live. a new character and say well they're expendable they're the who are the characters from lost um that the, oh, they, the section yeah the, the tailies, you know, you yeah. may say, well, they're going to die anyways because they're not my main character. They may carry the events from then on. That's the weird thing about it is you never know who's going to step up as like your new protagonist or your new villain. Uh, this, the show does a good job, though, of kind of working you into new characters without beating you over the head with them. It's not like they come in and say, hello, I'm here. This is all my exposition. It's like you see this character come in and you're like, who's that person yes. they're talking to? And then as the show progresses, they get more and more lines, more and more background. You're like, oh, I really like them. And then they get killed. Yeah. But, and truthfully, yeah. there is no... Or become a main character. No or one main, main right. protagonist yeah, okay. because I don't think every actor has appeared in every episode. No, that's actually a stat that not every... There's no actor that appeared in every episode of the show. Yeah, so you're going to have... Okay, there are some heroes here and there are people that you need to know because it's going to follow their progression through their story. Right. And you know they're probably going to last for a while because they're taking their sweet time. Right. But But there's still a lot of time for the side characters. But that's one of the most fun things about the show is to me, like, you expect certain things in story. You expect character arcs. You expect them to follow a certain route. And once their story is done, then you can kill them off. They would, and it sounds like we're, we're, we're loving it because of the killing, which I don't want to, I don't want to focus no, no, on that. But you, it's threat. Like you, I, you, I, you I like often, it when they get stabbed through and you love it because of the killing. I often, I often talk about steaks and you know, how delicious medium they rare. are. Yes. Exa- no, yeah. mm, medium. Like vampires. What? I think medium. Save it for a steak show. <laughs> Definitely medium. Meat tearing. Medium rare, really? Medium rare. No. Actually medium rare because then if they, they always make that into a medium anyways, because if I'm you eat a, a medium, I'll eat a medium. It's medium Why warm. are we talking about this? Because now we're hungry talking about Game of Thrones. That's medieval. But there are stakes in this show. And Jake, like you said, you can predict them because you say, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And that may happen. But there are characters where, spoiler free-ish, you're going to say, I need that person to get revenge because that is what 
a book has taught me in the past. Yes. The, a cliche and trope has taught me that that person's going to get revenge because I need justice as a viewer. What? And that doesn't just happen. Just happened. Or, or there's one where like, I thought this this villain was going to be the villain. I thought it was going to be like the whole thing where I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to be around a while. They're gone. What? Okay, that threat's gone. Okay. And I think it's the unpredictability that kept me so enthralled. But I also want to point out that this movie, or not this movie, it feels like a really long movie. This, this TV series, I have not had this emotional reaction to a show in a long time because there were parts where I was... The joys of stabbing. Well, I was heartbroken at parts. I was elated at parts. Yeah. There were a number of parts where I had my hand over my mouth because I couldn't yell because my you know kids are sleeping in the next room because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was so shocked at what just happened. And one of my favorite things to do, and I don't recommend this if you don't want any spoilers, is go out on YouTube and find what they call reaction videos. Wait until you get to the big moments of the show. Yes, don't watch those until after you've seen them. But you go watch these these like groups of people watching the show, and you see them just melt down or start cheering and screaming over these these parts of the show, and you realize what an impact this show has had emotionally on people watching it. I have to say, and this is going to seem silly, I feel blessed to watch this show live because I truly think we're in the golden age of television. I think, no, hear me out. I think we... I think we're on the tail end of the golden age. Oh, I totally disagree because streaming services are taking television to a new level with bigger budgets and more cinematic quality. Yeah, but it's also more networks that are trying to do it. There's more services and it's going to get all spread out. This this show, mark my words, this show is going to cause the lost... Uh, void, where people try to start feeling it after it's done with a bunch right. of crap. That well, no and that's really actually—I was going to give you some credit there. Bunch. I think Lost was this moment where everyone took notice of a network show and said, "I need to watch this week to week." Yes, and or binging actually became a thing. And then obviously, when that show ended, there was a void. And then Heroes tried, and then Breaking Bad came along and became the best written show maybe ever made. Mm-hmm. And this show came along right after that. And so I don't think think there's even been that much of a lull as far as shows go. And I think this one, but the, name, the legacy for what they're willing to give to TV shows and maybe cable series. And Netflix is right. willing to spend a lot of money. And Amazon just paid $100 million to do one season of the Lord of the Rings TV show. Well, that was like a year or two ago when they did that, isn't it? Yeah. And it, so it's coming out next year. year. And they're spending $10 million per episode, just my, like Game of here's Thrones Here's my is. point, though, Ken. $10 just million. Cool. That's crazy. So Game of Thrones, a cultural phenomenon. Yes. Meaning it's being talked about by all different types of people in all different areas. My mom Social will media not shut is, up about it. <laughs> she loves yeah, it. I bet. <laughs> um, but name another TV show that's on right now that is a cultural phenomenon. Which is why there's an emptiness. Because we don't have that anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like so this, with, this seemed like this came and now it's gone. And now it's like, what else is out there? Eh, truthfully, if I was HBO, there's so many things. I'd be but not terrified. any cultural and, phenomenon. And, but yes, yes. It's not anything that everyone's watching. No one thing. Yeah. I mean, I would say the closest thing was when everyone was binging uh, Haunting of Hill House. And for, that's for two weeks, people, that, yeah. that's what people are talking about. And, and no, then everyone's became, talking about Sabrina and no, nothing else. <laughs> well, it became a, <laughs> things become a meme and then they disappear and people say, what's next? And there is an emptiness. I mean, there will be a Game of Thrones prequel that comes out next year sometime because that soon? HBO is so yeah. worried about losing the audience that they've if there were stats, show. I wonder if there were stats on how many people that cut off their, their HBO. Since Game of Thrones was, Game of Thrones was done. Yeah. But so you're right. There will be a void. People will try to maybe make the next fantasy show with some heavier and darker content. Yeah. But this has created a new level of television. But 
it, it I, is created superstars. Well, I do yeah. like that. That's a good idea. Like to imagine they're making multiple TV shows yeah. where they're spending ten million dollars on every episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the That'd thing is, cool. it's a lot of money for a TV show. It is. They can. Uh, I, I want to talk about viewership a little bit. Please Netflix do. did that with um, Altered Carbon. They did what? Spent piles of money. Did they? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. What that you're talking. paid off. <laughs> no, Netflix doesn't <laughs> really, care. They're like, yeah, they, don't care really don't they care. keep raising they're my like, prices. <laughs> they're like, didn't work. Oh, well, I'll keep going. So season one of Game of Thrones, uh, the average amount of viewers per episode, there were 10 episodes, is 2.5 million viewers per episode. Mm-hmm. That climbed every season. It's always an upward trajectory. So it, was upward like, trend on the chart it was here. like nearly 4 million season two. It goes up a little bit. On the chart we have on the Bacon Cave wall. Yeah. Look so over there, Jacob, to the display we have. On oh, there. yeah, there it is. So it went from 2.5, kept going 4, 6, 7, 10. And with season eight, the average amount of viewers without the season finale is 12 million viewers. It kept growing and it kept doing a great job. Too. Though I need to say this as well. Viewership was great and HBO was cashing it in, which is why they're willing to spend 10 to $30 million per but episode. But here's the funny thing. Yeah. All that viewership, recorded viewership, mm-hmm. and yet Guinness Book, of World, Guinness Book of World Records has called this the most pirated TV show do ever. Do you have some facts on that? Because I sure do. Oh, go for it. So the season eight premiere was downloaded or watched illegally more than 54 million times in the first day. 24 hours, 54 million times this was downloaded illegally. So people Isn't are just, crazy? People just ripping this off. So yeah, people watched it and they only recorded this as it goes. Because remember, HBO has a streaming service. They don't record people watching it the next day, kind of like mm-hmm. Joel did on, yeah. off Amazon. And so it had 12 million viewers for that night on HBO itself. 54 million that day. There are hundreds of million people watching the show, which is why Twitter just goes crazy yeah, as soon yeah. as this show airs. And spoilers are just out there. Yeah, you got to be careful. Well, now you don't because it's done. Yeah. So I actually have a couple stats on expensive shows. Yeah, Game of Thrones wins as the most expensive show. Like most of the show to produce? Yeah, well, per, per episode, episode. Per episode, yeah. Makes sense. Um, and this is as of its sixth season that they're saying here that it's started costing north of $10 million. But apparently there's no strict numbers on this. Some of are costing maybe up to $15 million yeah. an episode. Uh, guess what number two is? Simpsons. You're not going to guess. It's The Crown. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, wow. A British drama. $13 million per episode. And then we go, it's so random. ER, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Jacob, are you on the internet again? Yeah. Band, <laughs> yeah. Band of e- Brothers. ER. <laughs> uh, but uh, Netflix actually has a few that settle. Uh, was Rome a Netflix one? I don't recall. But Marco Polo. It was HBO. Uh, Marco Polo, Sense8, Alter Carbon. Here's my thing. They're spending $10, 15000000 million dollars. On these on these episodes, yes. and they look just as good as a Hollywood production, mm-hmm. and Hollywood spending like, you know, fifty to a hundred million on shows. Yes. I don't understand why the discrepancy. More. There yeah. is a big battle in one of the most recent seasons where they spent fifteen million dollars. It was Battle of the Illegitimate Children, is the title <laughs> of the, the episode, and it looks like Braveheart. Like yeah. the battle is full on, very little CG. It's amazing, but they pull it off, and it. It's only spent $15 million. Like, it is fantastic. And they, I think a lot of it has to do with the cast, too. The cast, but they yeah, also care huge the craft that goes into this. Like, I interviewed a few of the B, like D-list cast members at uh, FantasyCon a few years back. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how the costumes were like 80 pounds each. These oh, yeah. aren't just like fake cosplay costumes. They're mm-hmm. really going into battle. They're getting like real stunt training as well. They're building castles for this show. Yeah. This set's 
are legit. They're they're really impressive, and that's why I wonder why is Hollywood spending so much when you really don't need to spend that much. Uh, I agree, and also it's crazy that HBO losing so much money through piracy is still okay with their yeah. let's say an average of thirty million maybe per that watch it eventually. Yeah, uh, legally. Well, and, I should say when you want to talk about the craft that they put into this, like you know how they invented. Um, what is the name of their characters in Star Trek? The bad guys. Good heavens. The Borg. No, not the Borg. The Klingon. The Klingons. The Romulans. How they invented Klingon <laughs> we just language. Brought up Star Trek you're guessing on this up show. a lot of names. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I, I can't believe I couldn't remember Klingons. Uh, but they, they invented Klingon. The Klingon language. For this show, they invented a couple different languages and have like them practice and rehearse these things. And they they have costumes, like you said, that are amazing. They have these wigs that are. You know, made of made of human hair and are you know seven thousand dollar wigs. It's amazing the amount of work they put into this show. And the CG looks incredible. The dragons on the show are the best dragons I've ever seen. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> the best dragons <laughs> ever I've ever seen. Well, and, and talk about that the sounds op- silly, but it's accurate. I never skipped the opening title sequence because it's this amazing kind of it. Go, it it's very good for a recap because it shows you the different areas. It's like. It's like a topographical map. Yeah, it's like you're going over a, a map, but it was like made by a, a monk who has an amazing attention to detail because it's going over there and it's all these clockwork uh, buildings and clockwork settings and it kind of goes through. And it's like The Simpsons, not really like The Simpsons, but oh, it changes Game almost every time. Game like The Simpsons. Okay. Well, the opening credits like changes depending on what's happening. So say, for example, oh, really? a certain place was burned down. Then in the next time you see the opening credits, it would have like a charred look on it. Yeah. Or some building is destroyed, you come back and it's like smoking on the map. Yeah. It's really impressive to watch. And the music. I love that opening theme. Yeah. I think his name is Raman. Raman uh, Jawadi. 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 I can't even say it right. I'm sorry. All right, this, what's next here? The score is second to none. This is the best music that's he ever did, been put to any he television did, series. He did the music for Iron Man. Oh yeah, and just yeah. to finish that point, like we've talked a lot the about streaming about services, Man like awesome. no Netflix and Amazon and mm-hmm. what they're trying to do for TV and how much money they have to spend. These, those are uh, services that people may get for free, like because they're borrowing it from their neighbor mm-hmm. or a friend, or they're paying less than ten bucks a month. But this is now a paid service that is fifteen dollars a month that people have to go out of their way to get for a few months mm-hmm. or to watch the show on torrents or whatnot. Yeah. This is the most watched and most talked about TV show, and it's on HBO, a paid yeah. service which people generally don't keep or have. I think that's something to boast about for HBO. In fact, uh, Jacob, do you pay I, for your own HBO, Kent? <clears throat> Jacob, I was okay. gonna, <laughs> Jacob, I was gonna ask you, or I was gonna, I was gonna wait till the end to tell you this to really sell you on it. But okay. I think I'm just gonna drop this truth bomb right now. All right, let's hear it. Are you ready? Okay, I'm just gonna read it because it's exciting news. In 2019. Singer-songwriter Taylor Swift told Entertainment Weekly that several songs on her 2017 album Reputation were inspired by characters and plots of Game of Thrones. <laughs> How moving. Jacob, that's for you. I saw her, I saw her on The Voice because my wife likes to watch that one. Mm-hmm. And she had a song where the chorus was like, me, 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 me. She's like, so talented. I actually like that song. What? <laughs> Save for a Taylor Swift show. <laughs> Heavens, help me. <laughs> you got to shake it off. Don't shake it off. It but but, they're, but the, the thing is, this series is not without its faults. They did the. They filmed an entire pilot, and then they had different actors. They had yeah. uh, kind of different things going on. It was so poorly received that HBO made them reshoot ninety percent of the episode of the pilot of the pilot. So the original pilot is it's out there somewhere. They had different actors, they had different st- stories, but 
it did not go well. So H- wait, so they scrapped the whole thing and restarted? Basically, and I think it's props to HBO for being like, I see potential here because they had to spend a ton of money to get that pilot yeah, reshot. Yeah, that costs a fortune. And yet they did it, and it made them so much did money. Did they keep the same people? No. No, no some of the people no, are No, no, I mean the same like uh, showrunners. Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah, they okay. kept them. They basically said, we didn't understand a lot of this stuff. Go back and try again. Speaking of the pilot, we've talked on every single recommendation show which episode you should start with or which three episodes would be best as homework assignments. Is there the really a way to episodes. not start at the beginning of this? You can only start with the pilot. Yeah, you can't really jump into episodes standalone and be like, I understand what's going on. It's so serialized. I mean, take a Lost, for example. You'd want to watch that show start of season one, episode yeah. Yeah. one, yeah. because it gets everything going. Same with Game of Thrones. It, it The characters, it's like skipping a math class in college. If you skip one or two... You're not going to understand anything, at least me and Matt. I can never really understand. Always start with episode one. And it's not the easiest episode to get into. It's not super approachable because they all of a sudden introduce the likable characters, but there's two dozen characters to know. But that thing is like right at the beginning. What do they introduce so many at first? I think it's just kind of you setting up the world, being like, "Hey, there's a lot going on here. Pay attention." You'll get that. And it's 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 a that's one of the reasons I enjoy the show because it's it doesn't pander. It requires a lot of you. It yeah, it's like it's a it's a smart show where it's like we trust you to understand what's going on. We're going to give you enough to go on. That said, I do watch this show with subtitles. Oh, I do too. Yeah, there's there's names thrown on like Tyrion and Tywin, and I'm like crap. I can't remember which one's which. Yes. when I first started oh, yeah. watching it, you get there, you get there, but that's you just have to have that patience to watch it. I do want to bring up the pop culture prevalence of this show and how it's affected many other shows and the legacy of it. So this has been parodied on countless other programs. But for example, Sesame Street. Yes. Sesame Street is parodied. Literally, they have Elmo and two of the characters sitting down at a table talking. And it, yeah. They also had Game of Thrones where it was literally like a musical chairs with Grover, I believe. On Sesame Street. But Sesame Street is on HBO now. Every single... Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Every single crappy late show that's on as well, you know, like all those shows. They all parody it. SNL, of course, Key and Peele, The Simpsons, South Park, and like we said, Parks and Rec. There are... Uh, statistics out there showing how many people have named their children after do you have that? the show. Well, I, was, I, I do gonna, have I was the 2018 up, list. I was going to bring... Oh, you have the 2018. It's more modern, but I was going to say as you brought it up, as you brought up characters, I was going to mention it, but if you got that, go ahead. So, Arya, it's a main character from the show we may bring up. That in 2018, 20, 2,545 people named their daughter Arya. Khaleesi, 560 people. Yara, Jake, these won't make Khaleesi sense to you. isn't a name, it's a title. Yara, oh. 434, Liana. I mean, it keeps going. Tyrion, 58, Brienne, 33. Yeah. So people are naming their characters after these shows. 33 people? 33 people in 2018. But Arya, those are not impressive numbers when there's 30 million people watching. But at the same time, there's not many people having babies that are watching because they're too busy watching the show. Mm. Not according to Kent. That's the, that's the time <laughs> to get busy. Hey, whoa! <laughs> whoa, family-friendly, Jacob. That's <laughs> no. <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> it's funny to me to look at some of these statistics, though, and just realize that they've named the characters of the show. And I'm going to say this in a very non-spoilery way, but it's amazing to me how people will name their children after characters on the show after only knowing them from a short time, not knowing where they're going to end up. So I want to follow that and bring it back to the actual content of the show, not just brag about what it's done and everything, because the characters are what are important here. It's getting attached to certain characters. And I'll say this, there could be villains that you hate in season one. 
that you're saying there's no redeeming value. In fact, I've had many conversations with Joel. Yes. And then throughout the next two or three seasons, they go on this arc where you're like, oh my gosh, that's a sympathetic character. No, I hate them for what they did, but oh no, I, I'm kind of cheering for them. And what have they done? And now they're bad again, but they're good. It's this. It's the. It's good writing. It is because it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray where you start liking a character, and then you have to remind yourself, no, they did these terrible things. They don't deserve good things to happen to them. So I'm just like I did four families. I'm going to do four heroes and four villains. Jake, are you okay with this? Holy cow. Are, is your patience level high enough for this? I don't know. How fast can you go? Not fast <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Have you listened to Bacon Cell? You want to go through eight characters? Eight characters. Better hurry, buddy. Yeah. You, John Snow. Okay. Okay. Next one. <laughs> all right. Cool. <laughs> John Snow is the Ill- Ill- illegitimate child of Sean Bean. That's all you need to know. Yeah. He's a really in good real guy. World. Like they have, like, you know, when he's medi- got a strong moral in medieval, compass. In medieval times, like you have. Like, so he's killed. The right, the rightful children, but then you have kind of maybe the illegitimate children. They're seen as lesser. Mm-hmm. That's the same in this world. Mm-hmm. Really sympathetic character. Strong moral compass. The second one, Daenerys. Daenerys is. Danny, as people call her. Or Amelia Clark. She's the She's breaker adorable. of chains. Amelia Clark is adorable. Uh, Daenerys is just not adorable. I wouldn't call Daenerys adorable. She might kill me. Yeah, she, she she's likes, intimidating. She's intimidating. Well, she likes power a lot. Like she's kind of this, like just this adorable girl at the beginning. That, yeah. You know, gets the power of dragons, and her character is so <laughs> exciting. Oh, what am I saying? That is so nerdy. Stop it. it. The power of dragons. So it is so exciting to watch her gradual, and it's very slow. It's a slow burn, gradual progression as she gets this rise to power. But she's a Targaryen. By the okay, way, you might one, one thing name. one thing the show does really good, Jacob, mm-hmm. is make the characters kind of they dress them in kind of similar colors and they have kind of a similar look. Like the Targaryens all have this like platinum blonde hair. Yes. Whereas the Starks are all kind of darker haired and you how, know, many, how many Targaryens are there? Two. Well Okay, yeah, we'll say two. Okay. <laughs> we'll say two. Okay. Third There's character flashbacks. Arya, which is the most popular baby name. Arya is you, the show starts out, she's like ten. Little girl. Without saying too much, she has a very cool story arc and becomes a powerful figure that she earns her place and earns the moments that she is able to create. Can I say that? Very it's, vague? Yeah. As long as we're keeping season one stuff, we're good. Okay. It's kind of spoilers even time, anytime you talk about anyone that has lived. We're <laughs> so we're, true. We're, we're keeping it in season one. And lastly, and I'm, I'm saying these are people's favorite characters. Lastly, Tyrion, who is probably the favorite, played by Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. At, he amazing from speeches. Fame. Yeah, from Tiptoe's fame. His character is someone that you can't help but root for because... Except he's a mess. Oh, he's a total mess. But you still, like, he has the best lines of the show. He is so clever. When everyone's taking life so seriously, he, he cuts them down to size, for lack of better words here. Right. Because he Those were the perfect words, I think, he is what you were saying. so intelligent when the show starts out, and he is able just to condescend to everyone and... He's kind of the reason to watch in the first two seasons because you want to follow his character and you want him to go further, even though he's in a bad situation. See, I think I'm safe to guess this, and listener, I don't know what I'm talking about, so that's okay. But he seems like a sympathetic character already, so it seems like he's going to keep living. Like, and keep living and keep we're only living. Talking <laughs> season, we're only talking <laughs> season one stuff, you're, Jacob. You're being ironic right now. Yeah. Okay, villains. Joffrey. Joffrey Baratheon, the son of the king when the show starts out. Mm -hmm. This is the spoiled kid I talked about in your neighborhood. You hate Joffrey. He's the the spoiled kid who knows that you won't do anything because he's too powerful. Like his his parents are too important. So you're not going to, you know, punish him or anything like that. Like he knows he has greatness. He knows that he has power over people. 
and he hates everyone beneath him. Oh, he's so malicious. He's one of the best villains on te- in television history. He is. In fact, after he, I think it was after the first episode aired that George R. R. Martin wrote him a letter that said, congratulations on your marvelous performance. Everyone hates you. This actor, I, I think maybe this is a rumor, but I think I hear he got punched in the face in public because people just too. hate the actor. Like, yeah, he, he's... Has he gotten any work? He's retired from acting. Really? Yes. Yeah. He's decided to stop acting at this point. So he played a terrible, terrible tyrant type. Yes. And but he, then, he's a kid, though. And then and retired so, from acting. Yes. Yeah. So he's as a kid, he's going to grow up and then not get recognized anymore, maybe. Hopefully. It, but I, I, worry, I worry he's going to have one of those eternally youthful faces and everyone's going to want to punch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what I worry about. His mom in the show, her name is Cersei. Mm-hmm. She is also one of the main villains. Yeah. You may recognize her from Sarah Con- Sarah. Connor Chronicles. And 300. She plays... Yeah. Uh, she was also in, Dr- in the Dread. Wife. She was in Dread. Yeah, she was in Dread. Yeah. She is fantastic. One of the better actors in the show. Because mm-hmm. they all have parts to do. They all do fine. Right. The guy who plays Jon Snow, he's an okay actor. But Lena Headey is an amazing actress. Yeah. This show's almost worth watching just for her. Okay. okay. Moving on. Ramsey. <sighs> I had to bring I this guy I thought we were doing up. first season stuff. I just have to bring him up. You think Joffrey's bad... Ramsey might be slightly worse. I'll just say that. You'll get there. But man, there this people, guy... There are people that name their children Ramsey. Yes, there are. And I think that's atrocious. And this is another actor who said, please kill me. Please kill me on the show. He asked the showrunners to kill him because people hate him as but a person they now. Wouldn't, but they Isn't that crazy? Like this is the level of acting, dedication, and writing that goes into Game of Thrones where people are like... They do eventually, I'm sure. It, w- it would be okay if you just write me off the show at this point. I'd like to get other work and not be, not be typecast. Because some of these people at this point might be typecast. I heard hmm. that uh, one of the things they did is the showrunners, because they were you know creating the show, they had a whole team of writers, but they would actually call the actors first and have what they called the death call, where they'd call them and let them know, That's just funny. so you know, you're, you. you're going to get the script and you're going down this, this, this week's episode. So just to let them know and have a whole discussion about how they appreciate them and all that, because... They didn't want to just drop the script on him. But and then it also find seems the like the Game of Thrones approach that they're going to keep some of these terrible people longer than they should, so mm-hmm. that I don't so that you're like you frustrated and yeah, exactly. You're just desperate for the revenge to come, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes you get it. Sometimes you don't. Okay, I'm going to leave the last villain off because we're not going too far into the series, but okay. it has it's a little bit further. I don't want to also. I also don't want to give spoilers, but there are moments in this show that I'm not going to name. But when you watch them and when you watch the reaction videos on YouTube, there are moments where people watched when they were watching live said, I will never watch this show again (laughs) because they were so mad at a story element that quite honestly, the book's been out for 20 years and book readers have known about these big moments for 20 years. But TV viewers are going, oh, that's one of my favorite comments I saw. I was watching a reaction video of one of one of the most notorious parts in the show. Mm -hmm. And one of the things in the comments said, now you know what all the nerds felt like in the 90s. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. That's funny. Makes sense. Because they, but it also does not follow the books very closely at all. Like there's certain milestones they hit, but they, there's so many different characters they don't use and different characters are doing different things. So even if you read the books, there's still stuff to learn from the show. Yes. And there, like I said, like I'm a super fan, but there are flaws in the show, especially in the final two seasons. <gasps> Where they have, where they have so many characters and so many prophecies, because okay. once again, the fantasy element that they do, they, they don't ever 
do anything with. They kind of forget they make them. Yeah. It's like they 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 set up something and they're like, okay, it's going to pay off the end and it, the ending it, happened. It was like, we all oh. know the internet. Remember when Force Awakens, here's a Star Wars reference, when Force Awakens came out, everyone's like, ah, who's Snoke? And why? where's the Knights of Ren and all this sort of stuff? Why are the Skeksis wondering about this? <laughs> Good oh, call. Snoke. Snoke. And people just did YouTube theory videos for two years until The Last Jedi came out and said, eh, we don't really care about your theory. This means nothing. Game of Thrones has kind of done the same thing where people have come up with these theories about kind the of. fan fiction, mm-hmm. how deep it can go. And Game of Thrones said, well, we're going to be kind of predictable and kind of subvert your expectations. You guys are very creative, though. And the Internet has kind of recoiled at that. It hasn't done what they wanted to do. So they haven't been that clever. I would say they did what they needed. They felt they needed to do. They had they had something they wanted to do. I think they just rushed to get there. And that was their and downfall. They did. But the one, okay, so we talked a lot about the killing, have we? We have. Should we bring it up a little bit more? Stab, stab. Well, I kiss, was kiss. I was going to bring up the fact that <laughs> this is stab, stab, stab kiss. kiss, kiss, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones averaged fourteen deaths per episode. Oh wow! So, but there's actually only, and then according to this article, only three episodes have no deaths of any kind in the entire series, wow. which is kind of weird to think episodes about. without deaths. But yeah, but what I wanted to bring up is the characters because. It's not just about the deaths. It's about the fact that you start to love these characters or hate these characters, mm-hmm. but you get emotionally involved with these characters. Like there's a character called Hodor. Oh. And Hodor, Hodor only says one thing the entire show. He just says Hodor. He says his name. That's how he got his name. And so they just all call him Hodor, and that's all he says. It's kind of like an I am Groot thing. It's kind of like a Pokemon Except as well. for <laughs> he, no one understands what he's saying. He just says Hodor. Yes. Like, okay. But you grow to love him. Like, you love this character. There's another character called the Mountain. The dude barely says a word, and yet he is one of the most intimidating forces on the show. It's it's amazing to me how they're able to do that and how you really do. Like, Joffrey, I feel bad because he did such a good job, and I hate that kid. It's his face. Like, he's actually in... <laughs> you want to punch his He's face. in Batman Begins. The, the, the actor uh, is in the movie Jack Batman Gleason Begins. is Jack his Gleason. name. Jack Gleason. He's in Batman Begins, and actually Batman saves him. And there was this meme going around for a while, but like... Why did the Dark Knight he save says, him? <laughs> he's like, do what you need to do. And then you see him smiling on the throne and you're like, Batman, no. Yes. <laughs> but it's it's just amazing to me how I got involved in this in this show. As I watched it, I was I was pulled in. I was very invested. Even when deaths weren't happening, when just intrigue was happening, when someone would lie to someone else and I'd be like, oh no, they're going to think this. I suddenly felt myself being pulled into it. That's and, one of the reasons I enjoyed watching and it. And truthfully, we've, yeah, we've talked a lot about the killing. We've talked a lot about the salacious nature, but there are, like I said, 10 episodes in each season for about eight, the first eight episodes in every season, it's dialogue. It's a journey getting it from is. point A to point B. And so it does move a little bit slower, but the characters work and the short subplots just fit really well together and are edited very nicely. And then there's a huge moment near the end of the season and then it kind of gets back to normal. Not always at the end of the season though. Sometimes well, mid-season. Second to, second to last. Sometimes there's like a, like a third episode, something huge would happen and I'm like, that's like a finale thing. What are you doing in the middle of the season? Yeah, but they, have enough, they had enough material to go off of. Yeah. I did want to say uh, as of 2013, so this is dated information, 58% of the series viewers were male and 42% female, which is pretty evenly split, Split, I thought. So men and women are both enjoying this. And in fact, I knew a lot of uh, females who enjoy this show when it's weird because this is like high fantasy and violent and and I just, it, it didn't seem to fit the what I thought, you know, maybe female viewers would well, like. And but hyper-sexualized as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's hyper-se-actualized. Se-actualized. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, fun fact, I found this on IMDb, which is one of my favorite places to find fun facts. Jon Snow, the actor who plays him, Kit Harington, his great-grandfather invented the flush toilet. I did know that, yeah. Isn't I actually saw it in an interview. This is kind of wonderful, right? It's, it's the stupidest it's fact I've ever heard. Game of Thrones, get it? Throne. Okay, now I'm in. <laughs> I wasn't before. Gotcha. <laughs> the porcelain throne. That would be my uh, throne. Actually, Kit, <laughs> Kit Harrington, uh, he said that his performance in the rejected pilot was so bad that the creators often uh, jokingly threatened to release scenes of it on the internet if he complained too much about what he had to do in the show. Oh, I That's love funny. that so much. Kind of funny. Also, final fun fact from me, Gandalf's sword is in the throne. It's one of the melted swords oh. in the throne really? the iron throne yeah why would gandalf's because they put sword. that in as an easter egg yeah, yeah but they killed gandalf isn't that kind of fun because people watching they're like wait a minute that's glamdring which well, is his and, sword and i want to bring it up too because like people are thinking like you know magic and wizards and all that george r, r. martin actually keeps this very very grounded in reality and magic only plays a small part like i can only think of two magical characters and their powers are pretty limited one cre- really creepy lady. Yeah. <laughs> we can't go too far into yeah. that. In the Night King. Um, but here's the here's the other thing I wanted to bring up just real quick. And this is kind of more of a fandom wrap up. This is ranked as one of the most, has the most devoted fans in pop culture alongside, and these are the people they said, uh, Justin Bieber, <laughs> Lady Gaga, ma, 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 ma. Aren't you just um, loving your show more all the time so now, much. Harry Potter and Star Wars. Like, this is put among the great fandoms out there right now. Totally deserved. Because the fans are rabid. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say rabid. Good they're, and they're uh, positive and negative. Yeah, you get the trolls out there who are hating on everything, but then you also get the people who actually want to, you know, talk about it and discuss it. But I, most of the people I found that like Game of Thrones are perverts. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <there. No>. Hey, <laughs> super fan over here. I don't no, think I've like, heard. I haven't heard a lot of people knocking it down. Actually, no, like, that has and, never been my. And experience. Even the finale. And this is what I'm going to say. I, I want to bring this up about the finale because I thought Andy Richter did a great job explaining it on Conan. He was talking and he said because people were complaining about how it all ended. Yeah, and he said, "Well, it's as if someone you were at someone's house and they were feeding you dinner for years." And every single time, every week, it was this delicious gourmet meal. And then finally, in the last meal, they give you pizza. And you're like, oh, I hate this. And it's like, it's not bad. So accurate. But it's just not what you've been getting before. And people are Because pizza's great. Pizza is great. But compared to what you've been getting. Like a great steak. Well-written stories. Well-written characters. Medium. Medium. Not medium. Rare. Mm. (laughs) You animal. (laughs) Go stab somebody. So, no, love it. But this this is one of those culture phenomenons that I'm gl- I'm glad I got to be a part of while it was happening. VidAngel would actually get episodes up within uh, edited episodes with up within 24 hours of the airing. Wow! So I was able to watch it as live as possible. And actually, it was kind of funny because <laughs> uh, Kent would be my uh, first line of defense, my parents' guide, if you will, mm-hmm. and he'd let me know mm-hmm. uh, kind of like what was in the show, and he'd be like, "Okay, there's no language, no nudity, a little bit of violence," and I'd be like, "Okay, that one I can just watch tonight." For yes. example. But uh, I didn't always trust his opinion. I had to get a second opinion. I'm a little desensitized. A little bit. Just a tiny bit. You kind of miss stuff. (laughs) I do a lot. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I was glad to be part of this live and be able to kind of join in this together. But I still think even if you aren't part of the live culture, watching it is a fun experience. Yeah. Well, there's the the zeitgeist. There's talking about it while it's going on. But then there's binge shows. And this is one of the best binge shows. And if I could just end with my short little testimony of Game (laughs) of Thrones. Right. Several references. <laughs> just, okay. just a few. Okay. So even with all its grimness and severe content, this represents pure escapism. 
Like you're invited to a world where you can view the triumphs of good people and the evils of evil people with power. Conflicts are ended with swords, fire, and poison, and they can end at any time. So the feeling of you of a viewer wanting justice and revenge are the basis of many stories, books, and shows we've seen in movies we've seen throughout decades. This story makes you crave it. it, makes you crave the revenge that you deserve as the viewer, and sometimes doesn't even give that to you, mm. doesn't even just present it to you with a bow. And so I love it for that because, yes, you could just say it's going to subvert my expectations every time. Mm-hmm. You're going to be right half the time. And maybe that's too much, but at the same instance, this show makes me feel more than I have in probably since Lost Season 1 or Breaking Bad Season 5. Okay. Where I was like, oh no, oh, don't do not do that. I was like a person in a movie theater saying, don't go through that door. <laughs> don't go investigate that noise. I would just emotionally get involved. Sadness, happiness, and there's not a lot of happiness in the show. But when it was there, I'm like, yay. <laughs> Things are going to go poorly it's now. Kind of tentative happiness. Sheer like, yeah. excitement. Some of the best battle scenes. And they are rare in this series, actually, for being a medieval show. With mm-hmm. some of the best battle scenes. And it's a movie put to TV. I'm harsh on most movies I see. Like I said, 80 to 85% of the movies I see are just vanilla or just like below average. This was one of my biggest pop culture anticipated things every single year it was on. And I'm quite sad it's over. And you were on board until the end. Like even the ending, you're still defending. Even the end, I'm a defender. Yeah. And I'm a lukewarm defender. An Avenger? Nope. 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 Look at the Night's cake. Watch. Look at the cake. I protect the rum. Look at the cake. Yep. Cake is delicious. <laughs> so that's all I want to see about yeah. Game of Thrones. I don't know if we've changed anyone's mind, but I really, really hope we have. Jacob, just the person in the room. Yes, has, I'm the person in the room. Has this conversation at all made you want to maybe try it again? You know, at moments I'm like, hmm, maybe this would be interesting. No, that's what's happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But we, 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 get, we kind of broke a little fraction there. A little, little bit of fraction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We found out I, the, the humanity yeah. of Jake. Of course, that's, bit. I mean, that's me. Maybe somebody else has been, I don't know, warmed up to it. Honestly, who's who's not watching it that wants to watch it? That's kind of what this, we were discussing about this episode. Yeah, yeah. We think it's maybe people who are don't want to see it because of the content. There's some people who maybe... Or they're hipsters. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, didn't that, have HBO. But that want to watch it. So, I mean, if it's already in their line of like, I'm, I'm willing to watch that, I think they've probably given it a try at this point. In my in the past many years I've been watching this show, I've introduced a couple dozen people to it. Where I'm like, you haven't watched it? No, I'm just waiting till it's over. Mm. Just watch it now. Just well, watch it. Oh, no, that's the problem is it's hard to get invested in shows these days because you don't know if they're going to finish. Yeah. Like, yes, that's the worst thing is when you get invested in a show and then it just ends with no real resolution. Well, so it makes sense to make your pitch now. It's over. Yes. Yeah, exactly. If you've been waiting for it to end start, and you can and you binge want it to see starting it. today yeah. and get to the end of episode or at the end of season eight and you'll be done. Yeah. And then you won't have to wait after certain events happen weeks to figure out what or happened two years between seasons yeah that was two a long, years yeah two years between this last season and the one previous Jeez. and yeah they still had a starbucks coffee cup sitting on a table <laughs> yeah they I did heard something about that there's been a few mistakes in this last season yeah a little sloppy yeah but there we go so we hope that uh, you enjoyed this episode uh and maybe you know give it a chance yeah and well let uh, us know if you do start watching yeah yeah or or, or your, your, fans. your favorite moments yeah i'll take that too Let, let's keep it spoiler free in the sure. comments though because this is more of an introductory episode after the show is aired eight years later yeah yeah <laughs> it's fine we did a pretty good job that was mostly spoiler free we did we did yeah yeah you're only seven years too late <laughs> <laughs> all right but before we depart we do want to thank our patron councils so starting with the patron councils yeah our patron councils 
<laughs> we have a big cancel. What we do now. And I'm the listener. So first, I want to thank the I am the listener category. We have Terry Finlay, who got a nice song today. Thank mm-hmm. you, Joel, for that, Joel. Thank you, Terry. Mm-hmm. A more civilized podcast, Jordan Rexick, Stephen Ross, and Adrian Gray. Mm-hmm. And then for our bacon council, we have Nicole D. Hale, Spencer, Spencer Myers, The Spirit of 38, Chris Anderson, and Ryan Farron, and Matt's Mudro. Thank you, everyone. We love you so much. Thank you, patrons, for signing up. I'm glad to be done with those songs. <laughs> we need to do it again. But if you want to find me, Indeed. you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with Quickwits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quickwits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers and make sure you find Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram at Bacon Sale. Uh, like us, follow us on Facebook. Uh, go to our patreon.com slash bacon sale page if you want to get more content from us. We have lots of cool offerings there. Come support us. Help us out. Give us a hand. We really appreciate the support. And sometimes Joel will even sing songs about you as, mm-hmm. as a thanks. Maybe. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode on the Game of Thrones or Got, which is always really cool to see. Just Got. Got. On the signs everywhere. And don't forget, hold the door. Ma, 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 ma. Hashtag Joel Science. <laughs> Clear your throat. Are you good? <laughs> Devil. Meow. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> Oh, Valor Margolis. Her beautiful wide. Valor Margolis. Valor Mahalos? Mahalo? <laughs> yes, Valor Mahalo. <laughs> it's exactly the greeting in, in high Hawaiian Valerian. <laughs> you nerd! Oh, Jake, can I get your voice real quick? Are you Ursula? <laughs> it took you one second too long for that joke, otherwise it would have worked. <laughs> I couldn't remember her name. <laughs> What I am is I'm a missionary for the Church of Game of Thrones. Wow. For the Church of Fire and Ice. You want to come over to my house and watch Game of Thrones? So Let's show less of the naughty stuff. You know, a person gets stabbed through with a sword, and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. The swimming pool game yeah. is still going strong. Stop it. it. The power of dragons. I worry he's going to have one of those eternally youthful faces, and everyone's going to want to punch it. Ah, uh, who's Snoke? Oh, Snoke. Snoke. Game of Thrones, get it? Throne. Okay, now I'm in. (laughs) You animal. (laughs) Go stab somebody. I'm a little desensitized. A little bit. Just a tiny bit. You kind of missed up. Little little gaga for your... uh, For your mama. For your mama. (laughs) Mama, mama. Dang it, Kent. You can't put that in the end.